So there's four of us here at this table, and statistically speaking, this has happened to at least one of us. It's the kind of thing that all the alcohol that we drink on these episodes will eventually unlock. Repressed or not, it's a sneaky uncle this week on Nothing Good. Uh, on that note, uh, we're talking about WCW Halloween Havoc 1996. Yeah, here we yeah, are. Sure we are. We Yet are, again, we are part still two. here. Welcome back. It's been a whole week since you last heard us. It's been a hot minute. Mm. It is. It is. Too long. Too we long. go again. Let's get right back into it. Are you ready for it? No. I'm ready. Mm. Are our fans ready for it? Who fucking is They were born hell. ready. Dear, dear sweet succulent listeners, how many Halloween Havocs do you think we're going to have? Like at least fifteen of them. All of them. <laughs> All the Halloween All of them. <laughs> okay, guys. So if you think your first match was uh, on paper a damn good match, here's like I swear like we're gonna end up covering this exact match like eight times over the course of this podcast. Yeah, because it's on like eighty pay per views in this era. It's Sean Maltman, the one two three kid, the eventual X Pac, also known as Six, versus with, with a Y, with a Y. Versus Lionheart, Chris Jericho. It was uh, Six's first pay-per-view match. <clears throat> is this WCW. our first Jericho match? It is. No, yeah, we yeah. did WrestleMania. WrestleMania X8. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was in the main event of that. That didn't go well. <laughs> Wait, he was in the main event? I thought the main event was Hogan and Rock. Anyhow. Oh. Available in the archives. Yes. Check it out. <laughs> Check it we out. argued about it in much greater length than we're going to. Uh, so uh, I know that I think it might have been. I think it was you. I can't remember. It was you or Mac uh, about Jericho's music. Fucking love that song. Oh, the Pearl Jam. That's <laughs> uh, my second so, favorite. It, what, uh, no, we don't this, get it here. But this is. No. no, it's what I mean. Like, I, I love that. I just love all the versions of Jericho's music in WCW. That, 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 oh, yeah. The OG. Doo, 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 doo. Oh, he had, the, he had the babyface TV theme here. Yeah. Well, so, <laughs> so as you said that, yeah. the babyface TV theme, uh, my note is Jericho's entrance music reminds me of the first seven minutes of most 80 movies when the cre- when the introductory credits are going. Mm-hmm. Like, clearly somebody's riding a bicycle and we're getting, like, a tour of the town that it's yeah. about to be or torn it's, a, it's an exercise montage, something yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 It's oddly um, specific, but it works. That's right. That was this one. It was, it was before uh, Heel Jericho's, and then it became Pearl Jam with Ralphus and the Jericho-holics and stuff. Yeah. Oh, the match was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, two great wrestlers who know exactly what they're doing. 1996, 1999 is like really peak Sean Waltman for me. Yeah, before I was tired Yeah, and I think we've talked about this on past shows, but Waltman could put anybody over. And yeah. not that Jericho needed it. No. But... But I those mean, two wrestle so well together. Sense, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is baby Jericho that yeah. we're kind of getting through here. I mean, baby Jericho to us, I mean, he was still working all over the world. Yeah, it's weird. Like, all these other time. guys who, yeah, like, right? are new to WCW are seasoned fucking world, veterans. Yeah, been working yeah. in Japan, yeah. even working in Mexico, Also a guy who worked in ECW, in, you, you know, know, who... Current who, Ring of Honor champion, Chris Jericho. Yes. The, the Ocho. Yeah. I'm going to... 
<laughs> fucking intense eye roll there. Wait, he's the Ring of Honor champion? He is yeah, Ring of Honor AEW. world champion. No shit. He, yeah, he's, he's first been of all, world he's champion. Not. So, first of all, yes, he no, is. No, he's not. Why do you mean is he not? Because Ring of Honor doesn't exist anymore. Yes, it does. No, it fucking Tony doesn't. Tony does First of all, so just because he bought it doesn't mean it exists he, anymore. Let me, um, Jericho's got the belt. Fucking, I, I bought a fucking cheeseburger today, right? And I ate the motherfucker. It doesn't exist anymore. It did. I mean, it, it exists. And it's still in, in your bowels. It's still in your right bowels. Yeah. You sure? Yeah. You're about it to, might be gone by now. You are going to shit out that cheeseburger for about two it weeks. It was not McDonald's. Here's, here's the thing. I, sure. I'm just going to add on to something. I guarantee you that no matter how hard you shit out that cheeseburger, it will not match the amount of shit out and spewing that is going to happen to Ring of Honor when Tony Khan gets bored of it. Oh, man. That being said... Jericho is calling himself the Ocho for that, Mac, because that's his eighth world championship, his being the Ring <laughs> yeah. of Honor. He went, from, uh, he went from Le Champion to the Ocho. To the Ocho. I'm, I'm, that dude can sell fucking anything. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that guy can take anything that's given his way and make it work. You know, it's like... Uh, I don't know. I Doc make does it. not agree. Look at the comments. I, 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 I want to make a joke about <laughs> arm bar. Motherfucker, I've been watching his shit lately the last two years. It ain't awesome. It's not great. It's no. not. I listen. I, I know I was, I'm, I, I'm at a I table full of Jericho it. fans, and I'm a fan of Jericho, but I'm such a fan that I, I can admit when he's, I don't know what the fuck he's doing. On, yeah, he's on out of shape. The well, he's better shape now. No, he he got in a lot better shape, to be fair. Know. I'll give him that. But fuck him, man. Like, I he think, needs to retire. Be done with this shit. I think on the mic, he still has a lot to offer. Yes. I think he's still, whenever he's out there, I love the Jericho Appreciation Society's fact that they all dress like a boy band. I think that's so much fucking heat. And it's like, so that, his mind, and his ability to go out there and do what he's got to do, that's, that is perfect. But here and there, hitting that mark, sure, but... You're you're near like on Saturday tomorrow for us here as we record this. He's gonna wrestle Brian Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli, and Daniel Garcia, or no, and Sammy Guevara, who yeah. I don't like as a person. No one but, likes him as a yeah, person. Yeah, but as a wrestler, that's three of the best wrestlers in that company, much less the world. Jericho's gonna be the odd man out. How long the last time you're like, oh, here's a match of quality wrestling, and Jericho's the odd man out. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like I like that you guys had to like preface you don't like Sammy Guevara as a person. No, oh he's Nobody a piece of shit. I don't know if he's a piece of shit, but I think he's a piece of shit. I, I get the immediate. He's the only person I've ever met that has X Pac heat with me for like anything. Like he, <laughs> he could go to a Burger King and we boom the fuck out of Burger King. He's gonna <laughs> like, get boom. All the guy wants is some zesty sauce, man. You're gonna fucking boom out for his onion yes. Oh, yes. he deserves it. He deserves it. Why does he deserve it? Okay. I'm not paying a lot of attention to AEW. So You're not I'm, missing I'm, a I'm, whole... I'm in, uh, that's why I'm not paying a lot of attention to AEW, so... Well, let me, okay, so let's let's break it let's break it down in the most simplest of terms. First of all, his, there's just something about him which makes it seem like he's he is a smug fuck, right? He's a punchable face. Now, right he, does, he does. I was now, just going to say, does he have a punchable he face? He does, and he could, and he could be just a great working it, and he could, like, go out there and, like, build habitat for humanity and, like, rescue puppies from fires and shit. But, like, in the exact same respect, too, there's, like, been, what, three or four backstage fights in AEW, and they've all involved Sammy Guevara What was lately? the latest one? Was Who the fuck was it? Hold on. It was, uh... That was recent, though. It was, I think um, I remember that. Eddie Kingston was one of them. No, the latest one was, um... 
Didn't he have one? Charlotte Flair's husband. No, I'm Andrade. 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 I feel bad that he wasn't, he wasn't yeah. involved yeah. in the uh, punks. That was the one. Yeah. That's the point. He is more over. She is more over than him, and there's no fucking chance. She's more over than everybody in that country. As somebody whose wife makes more money than they do, I feel Andrade's. Well. Pain, that he's now known as Charlotte Flair's husband. Uh, I feel that, yeah. right? I mean, she's like probably the best female wrestler of all time, and then he's just Top Andrade. Three. Yeah, he's excellent. He's fine. But, you know, uh, but yeah, Sammy Guevara, just uh, we could shit all over him some other time. We're not there. We will uh, never cover AEW, thank God. No, well, wait a minute. Not enough, in the cards. Enough time will pass eventually to where maybe we'll, we'll, Man, we'll talk about it. If we are doing it. this show that long, that like, AEW's at a point where we can go yeah. 22 years ago. Let me, yeah. let me pitch an I'd idea. I'd be really impressed. We were at the fourth that. television recording of all time of AEW. We were. We were. Let me pitch, yeah. let me pitch an idea. With the Midnight Listener. Technically, yes. Yes, he, yes, he was, was several there. sections yeah, away with better seats than yes. Way better but, seats than we had. But, uh, but let me pitch an idea for now for, for 12 years in the future when by, we've but for sure got tired of doing this. Hold on. Let me write this down so I can yeah. hold you to it. Yeah. <laughs> Reboot. There it is. We'll fucking reboot it. It'll be a whole thing, and then we'll do AEW. We'll then just do I just, AEW shows. So I don't know how to work it in, but I want to just go ahead and say that I want to make a joke about Chris Jericho's wife storming the Capitol on January sixth. So that's a whole that's other a whole fucking thing, thing yep. that I have lost respect for him for. No, so fuck that really him too. Yeah. Yep. Isn't she awkwardly Canadian? Who isn't awkwardly Canadian? I mean, in some way, we all are in a lot of ways. You're guys they're are beating the lives. You guys are season ten fans of hockey. He's, act, like he's actually Canadian. Yeah, she is not. She's she's not, not Canadian. He was actually no. born in New York. If a Canadian stormed the Capitol, I mean, isn't that like that's pretty much like a declaration, like a she's declaration? A, of she's Florida. a blonde chick from Florida, that's so fair. it all it checks out. But yeah, but like we don't really talk about that. Uh, and I, there's so much that I want to fucking say about it, but I don't know how to hilariously get into it. So I felt like I need to blurt it out. Jericho's wife stormed the Capitol. Yeah, I really didn't want to bring that up why I have an issue with Chris Jericho, but that's one of the fucking big reasons why. It's a whole thing? Fuck yeah. Is that going to be in the latest book? I hope so. The latest book was actually just, he got lazy. He just wrote a list of all the matches he's ever had. He was he, he did another list. Well, yeah. He was in the it's lists for a while. The book is called The List of Jericho. Yeah. He yeah. was in he was in the lists for a while. It was. My daughter's that, on That was list. a whole gimmick. Mm. There it is. So, so yeah. um, What's up? Storming the Capitol. Steve Austin beats his wife. We'll just keep going. Uh, shit, weird shit happens, man. Six and Jericho. That's the match we're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Just, just uh, casually this. drop Austin hitting his wife. Uh, it, it, I mean, listen, it happened. Uh, Several times. Never beat your heroes. No. Just, I, I'm just going to get rid of all those books now that you have on my bookshelf. So, <laughs> so there's a couple. Again, in true WCW fashion, you have an incredible match. And then you also have a bunch of shit going on. So at this point, they show that Conan... Kevin Sullivan and the big boss man. They're like, oh, by the way, all these assholes are ringside. Are just ringside for some reason. With seats. Yeah. Front row. Good seats. I thought yeah. that was D- the... They uh, were Deviasi money. That's yeah. how they got those front <laughs> row seats. Who, who, did, who sang that song, I... You're crazy, bitch, but you fuck so good. I'm on top Buck of Cherry. it. Buck, Buck Cherry. Buck Cherry. One of the worst um, live bands no, 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 I've not ever Buck seen crazy in my entire life. No, no, Crazy Town. It's terrible, man. Um, the, I'm the Butterfly. Sugar. Oh, that that's song, yeah. he lo- I thought that was lead singer of fucking... Um, Crazy uh, town. A, a crazy town. Conan. I didn't realize. I didn't realize he was a wrestler. I thought it was just. I thought there's some weird like tie-in going on. I was like, is this band a thing in '96? I don't even know what's going on. I don't even know how to describe Conan in '96 and what you just said, like all together. <laughs> like he's wearing the Beyonce Today hat, like for half of the show, like flat brim. He's got the top bot, the cholo button, but also in the same respect too, he's sitting with Kevin Sullivan and the Big Boss Man, which eliminates all cholo credibility that he could ever fucking earn. You've watched wrestling before. I have. 
<laughs> you thought. <laughs> you. We're a grown ass man. You thought, and I respect the fuck out of this. Listen here. You fucking thought that one of the greatest fucking Mexican superstars of all fucking <laughs> time. Number one or number two. One of the most fucking recognizable international stars ever was who? The lead singer of what now? Uh, Crazy Town. You motherfucker. Crazy Town Toxic. <laughs> um, I, Shift to shell shock. So, How again, fucking dare you? <laughs> I, I, I will say I dare. You I, apparently I, I, did. I dare, sir. I'm fucking lightheaded from that. <laughs> what? <laughs> So I had no idea who the fuck any of those guys so were. How about, That's amazing, so, actually. No when I was in my very young 20s, uh, not many years after this pay-per-view, uh, I ran into Conan at an airport. Oh, my God. And I was like, I was like, oh, my buddy Noah, he's like a huge wrestling fan. Like, can I get an autograph? And he's like, yeah, how do you spell it? And I was just like, N-O-W-A, Noah. And he's like, is that how you spell it? And I was like, no, it's N-O-A-H, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, dumb motherfucker. Oh, he's like, what the fuck? I'm Wait, like, sorry, it for please this, don't hit is me. Is it for this Noah? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, shit, I didn't know that. It's incredible. Huh. I got him a Bret Hart autograph uh, for giving an action figure away. It's something I do. Jones still holds it against me. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Tonight's been a lot about a lot of things that Jones is salty lot, about. There's a lot of... There's, there's a lot that of, many things, but those things, they're, I'm salty. <laughs> those ones are... They're, yeah. They're, they're trigger so, moments, everybody. So, so, so far, we've triggered Jones with talking about uh, theme music, where he just said, fuck Arn Anderson. I'm just baffled that you and don't like the song. And then he uh, also was just against uh, Chris Jericho's wife. And now we're talking about Mia Cohen. Motherfucker, you, you seem surprised at this. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, well, okay. Well, listen. Usually, usually it's just you getting mad at Noah for the weird shit he says. But like, I feel like you have legitimate beef tonight. It's fucking Friday. And it's, it is. it's Friday. It's uh, failure Friday. And we're, we're recording this on a Friday. You're not hopefully. Eh, fuck you if you're listening. Fuck you if you are listening to this. There's fuck, the season. Seriously. Too, fuck you. Fuck you. But seriously, welcome back. Yeah, but yeah, good to be back. But um, yeah, no, he's 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 a bit antsy. Uh, but I thought the match was good. But again, once again, distracted by a bunch of other shit because we have Nick Patrick still doing. Yeah, it was Nick shit. Patrick's next appearance. It was yeah, number super two. slow. Two counts. No, this is he actually leans two into counts, it. There are five this time. counts in this one. It's just Jericho's still so green though. Like he's seasoned as a traveler, but he's still he's like four years, five years into his his career. Excuse me, he is uh he's still got a long way to go, but he's still excellent. I give this match I rate this match a one, two, three out of five. I would have also accepted a way. Chris Jericho yells, Ask him out of ask five. Him, ask him, come on, baby! I love that he was doing that in 96. Because I fucking love when he did it in like 2015. Ah, ask him. It's ah. like, there's some wrestlers who just make noises. Like Mick Foley, the... Oh, we're going to talk about that in literally the next match. But yeah, uh, I just want to make it out since you mentioned uh, Mrs. Jones. Um, so the, when I watched started watching the show, it was uh, in the middle of the night. And Mrs. Brown, who has appeared on our podcast, was asleep next to me. Shout um, out to Mrs. Brown. Now, now, it's regardless, Brown. You know, she's she's never going to listen to this. If she if she did, something went wrong. Something went drastically <laughs> wrong. Um, but she, uh, so so as I we have known that I am a Jericho fan, or at least I was until very recently. And she, uh, when she met me and started watching wrestling, Jericho was on his list and was on his coming back kind of run. So she is a Jericho fan. She fell asleep in the beginning before the show ever started and woke up. 
during Jericho's entrance. And she's like, who's that? And I said, that's Chris Jericho. And this is half away. She goes, no. And so she takes her glasses off. Like, that's going to help. And she goes, <laughs> no. And I paused it. And he's like doing this, ah, baby, on the, on the, uh, the railing thing. And she looks at her like for, I swear to God, for like five minutes, just, no. I'm like, that's Chris Jericho. Then hit play. As soon as he opens his mouth, all right, everybody, come on. He's like, all right. She's like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, do you want to watch it? She's like, she looked at him for a second, doing this very young trick. She went, no. And then she went to bed. It's not the same. Not the same. Um, so uh, we're not going to talk about Lex Luger's promo because we don't talk about his talking All I have ability. is uh, backstage so with fuck me, Lex Luger. Why? Lex Luger looking like the white Blanca. So I do have, I did, I did, I did write, it's good that you asked that because I have a question. That's fair. Uh, I know, I don't know a lot. I, I only know about what I know about. Uh, it, was that a blowout? Is that what you call it? I would, I would imagine that is a blowout. Hairwise? Yeah. Yes. I'm sitting yeah. there like watching this. I'm just like, because everything hey, is else on his blowout? body is glossy and wet. But his hair is like completely dry, but it's super frizzed out. He was ready for tonight. Yeah. So, so I, I know I've done this on previous episodes of the podcast, but I have a few observations about Lex Luger. If oh, I, please, if, please if, go if, ahead. If I may. So I'm convinced, first off, that Lex Luger is not actually human. There's nothing no. about how that man looks that actually makes him human. I am I am pretty sure that his head does not actually belong on his body. Like either <laughs> either either his head is superimposed on television and the effects were just really really good or somebody just kind of like I I feel like his head was born just like that. But his body was like an infant at that point in time and just eventually his body grew into it. Um Lex Luger looks like a troll doll fucked a human and that's what came out. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, wait, is there more? Because, <laughs> I, I mean, really, that was the best one. It, it's really all it really needs. That's, you know, um, you know it's so true. It's, it's I thought you were much, going down like a Dan Saverin list. Like, here's 15 things that I I had a Dan Saverin list, but I mean, I think I just I think I just peaked too early on that one, so I don't know if it was really. You really, I mean, that was he, a good one. He, he's pretty much a He Man action figure as like a real human. Like, no, he's, he's like the He Man. Well, you already have He Man at home. Yeah. He's that <laughs> yeah. We have human yeah. at home. <laughs> so like Lex Yeah, just but you know, conversely there's Arn Anderson in this. So let's real quick, I'm look okay. I know that there are greater matches to talk about, but I just wanna just point out, and the only thing I'm gonna say, because I don't want to trigger Jeff about how amazing Arn Anderson is, but this motherfucker was thirty six. He was 36 in this he's, match. He's younger than he all looks guys. like he's 52. Arn Anderson in this, in this match, match is younger than all of us. Older. He yeah. was 30 fucking six. I thought he had been in the Four Horsemen for 36 years <laughs> at this point. <laughs> he might have. He actually, you know, <laughs> what the he, fuck happened he to human out. beings back in the day? <laughs> well, that a 36 year old man looks like looks like that. Yeah, none Arn, of us look like that. And that's a peak We're all in our 40s yeah. except for Noah. Yeah. No, Arn Anderson looks like that guy at your birthday party who's like not related to anybody in your family, but he was invited because he's like your dad's friend. And he drinks way too much, way too early. And then he just sits around with all the kids and gets handsy with them. Not like in a perverted way. 
Brother, is there ever a time it's not perverted? No, he's like, he's like, what the fuck does pansy even mean then? He casually like, he casually just hits the kids. He's casually like, hey, watch out there, bucko. <laughs> I don't know if I classify as handsy. Challenging one when, to a fight in the front when, when one says handsy, that's not what he I envision. Just, <laughs> he just he just sits there and tells the kids stories about what it was like growing up with your father. He's like, ah, that's not how we did it when we were growing up. Hey, they're bucko. And like, Stop it's hitting like, me. <laughs> that's what he does, though. Dave getting handsy with Jeff. Yeah, that's so what handsy. getting handsy looks yeah. like. Also, okay. Also, as the match went on, I said, Arn Anderson's sweat smells exactly how you think it does. <laughs> Because there's a point in the match where he's just over Lex Luger and he's fucking dripping like Patrick Ewing in the fourth quarter. Just like, just out of control. And I'm like, yeah. He's just exactly, gonna sweat out all that malt liquor out. Like, that's exactly what it is. It's their 40s but, and, and, and everything and else. I And it's all in just, but Arn Anderson's one of my top 10 favorite wrestlers of all fucking time. Oh, yeah, dude, dude was on another level for a long time in terms of his consistency. His consistency. Uh, yeah, it, it's consistency of getting handsy with kids at a fucking birthday party. Fuck, fuck you. Like the fucking cake hasn't oh, even served yet. If, if, if nothing else, his, sweat on the sweat his on greatest kids. contribution to professional wrestling will always be the fucking spine buster. Oh, yeah. That people to this day out. emulate and copy because it's such a badass move. I'm not going to be able to unsee that. <laughs> <laughs> Arnie Anderson, everyone's like trying to light the candle when they can't. Because Arn Anderson sweats trip. She's putting out the candles. <laughs> um, Arn, can you go outside, please? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, so I love Arn Anderson. Uh, we've covered this earlier in the episode, but I, I can't stress this enough. For as much as I love Arn Anderson, I fucking hate Lex Luger, man. Yeah. Like, he is, uh, and I, if we had time in the episode, I'm like, you mentioned your favorite themes. Who's your least favorite theme in WCW? I'll tell you who it is. For American us, males. It's fucking Lex Luger is who it is. It's like somebody fucking ringing a dinner bell. It's fucking awful. I hate Lex Luger. I hate everything that he stands for. I hate the way that you, that his head looks like it was misshaped from his body. I look. I hate the fact that it looks like a dollar store action figure. <laughs> he does. He does. He does. He, like like that that cheap action figure you get at the pharmacy when you forgot that you were going to a birthday party and you had to run in. That's a Lex Luger. If you replace Dolph Lundgren with Lex Luger in He Man, and he was just standing over the fucking store, just going, "I have the power," except that power was steroids. Yeah. <laughs> so like, as opposed to being He Man. Oh, he'd be the he guy. Yeah, he is he guy. He's the him he, guy. Yeah, him he guy. him. <laughs> uh, no, I fucking hate it though. He him and the masters of the galaxy. Yes. If Arn Anderson wasn't in this match, I would have literally watched anything else other than this match. But Arn Anderson was. But that being said, this is the worst Arn Anderson match I've ever seen, and that should say, "Fuck you, Lex Luger," for that. I hate the noise that Lex Luger makes when he does literally fucking anything. He's ha ha so ha. When he's on offense, when he's selling, he's just running. He runs the ropes. Ha! It's like what the fuck. There's something weird about the size of Lex Luger's mouth as it's compared <laughs> to the rest of his face. Like I imagine that if the people on South Park, the Canadians, were actually real formed humans, that's what they'd fucking look like. Because I, I feel like his hey, what's going on, buddy? And his head's just flapping on top of this. Oh, he looks his like head. the fucking Goombas from Super Mario he does. Bros. movie. He does. I was gonna say, do you remember that like board game that we had as kids where it was like a fish game 
and like the fish mouth like open up. You'd have to kind of like fish for them. I don't with know you guys the magnet, ever had, with yeah. the magnet. Yeah, um, that's around. his fucking mouth. Incredible. That's what it is. Um, so, and now deep thoughts with Dave McDonald. Uh, do you guys ever think that a <laughs> troll on a human would there. fuck? Yeah. And Lex Luger would Lex come Luger. out of it. Yeah, he's the guy. Uh, That's why so, his hair is the way it is. A weird match. Like it's fucking reversed. The fact that like Luger gets the heat in him. I don't know. Well, Luger's hair is still fucking blown out at the end of the match. Yeah. Like you would think he would sweat a little bit, and that shit would calm down. Or at least Arn Anderson's sweat would get all over it and calm that shit down. Neither of which happened. Which is more blown out? Lex Luger's hair from all the hair products or Macho Man's brain from all the cocaine? It's <laughs> a toss-up. That's a thing. I don't know. I've seen a lot of Macho Man promos. I'm pretty sure it's his brain. Well, this is the match that I uh, I just was kind of thankful for Arn that it was finally over. Uh, they do a big post-match scrum where Arn is hurt in the torture rack from being in the move for an extra 25 seconds. And they're doing the serious... Uh, I don't know about you folks, but I think he's really hurt here. He ain't moving his legs. He ain't moving his legs. Which I, I, it was a good story. Uh, yeah, but I, I'm just uh, maybe it's because this was new, and wrestling has happened since then. But I'm just tired of the worked, real life in- injury angle. It just always leaves a bad taste in my mouth. He did was like, he's like, if he's, re- if he's really hurt. Like, why would they just flop him on the stretcher like that? <laughs> Call it out. <laughs> they didn't hold his neck or anything. Just doing just shots on there. Yeah, he, he, didn't, he didn't was clearly as pissed so off So I was about trying to figure were. this out because I watched this match and I watched how it finished. And I know that like a year and a half later, he's not wrestling anymore. No, he's out. Uh, his last match is in January of 97. So he's So that's what I'm saying. I, I'm pretty confident that this match was getting him out he, for a while. Yeah, No, he was. Wasn't it? He did the. Didn't he? Was he? Well, they're doing that whole angle. They would start doing is the the horseman flares hurt, Arn's hurt, uh, and then spoiler, Mongo and Benoit hurt. So Jarrett's the only working horseman right now. So he, they make him the leader of the four horsemen, which escalates the. He's too big for his britches. But did, know, did Arn, how many more times did Arn work that year? Because we're talking uh, this. We're, I actually hold on because right. it's because I tried to find his last match, like exactly uh, his last. J- match. His last match before he wrestled once or twice uh, as part of later Nitro in two thousand was January twenty fifth, nineteen ninety seven. So we're talking Halloween to January, Halloween, yeah. October to January. Yeah. That was it. So I'm I'm pretty confident that this was that was their way of getting oh, this him is off his, because he was having issues. This is his last pay per view match. Ever. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this. That's why they yeah. did that yeah. to justify him not wrestling because he was having some well, sort of issue. He was sweating like a diver trying to defuse a neutron bomb with only a paperclip, a thimble, and a rubber band. <laughs> all ruining all that birthday cake. Yep. It's uh, so anyway. I rate this match. Uh, Lex Luger can fuck himself. Out of how many? <laughs> as many fucks as that man could fit in his fucking triceps. <laughs> oh boy. Ah, <sighs> so uh, Staggerly Marshall. Who has a face like a bag of potato chips. Uh, but he's the voice of Tony the Tiger. He's great. Is he really? He is. Yeah, he is. Shit. Yeah. I learned a lot that I didn't really pay attention to. <laughs> There's a lot going on. You can, hear, you can hear it now, obviously. I can't. Yeah. Now, now you can't unhear it. Oh, man. Uh, but he's backstage with Harlem Heat. And though we don't really need to go into this promo too much, it's just evident that Booker T is a star. Uh, Parker is serviceable, but Sherry is always great. Except she wasn't in the fucking shot because whoever was blocking us out didn't bother to tell her the Booker T was standing directly in front of her. So it just looks like Booker T's c- c- cutting a promo with Sherry's voice coming out of his mouth, which is just a whole fucking <laughs> a whole vibe. That's a visual. <laughs> but before we get there, okay, all right, all right, um, we gotta talk about the next match, okay? We got yeah. We got to talk about it. Um, so 
here, let me talk you through the stream of consciousness uh, that happened to me while I was watching this match. You see Jimmy Hart, and then you see the Barbarian, and you're like, oh my god, fuck, it's Meng. And Meng is a, the realest motherfucker. The realest. Like, people in wrestling, he's, uh, we talked about Ron Simmons being unfuckwithable. Meng makes Ron Simmons look like you can fuck with him all day. Meng is seriously hardcore motherfucker. He's, he's I mean, from everything I've heard, he's the most fucking legit. The period. most legit. Yeah. And so I'm like, we get Meng, and Meng is now two for two in our WCW shows. Fuck yes. And then Arn's music hits. And out comes Mongo McMichael and Deborah McMichael, who was a fox. I can see why she was a huge thing. And then Chris Benoit. Yep. And woman. And Nancy Benoit. I'm surprised that WWE had been left a match with Benoit, and I'm surprised they didn't oh, just he's like, all over superimpose the, the him. With, <laughs> Especially with what, that Gumby? one with, with, yes. <laughs> with both of them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Listen, it, I feel like at, at this point it's history. It's, it is. It is what it is. You can't erase them. No, you know, and it, it's not fair to Nancy. It's tragic. It's not, and it's not fair to Nancy to remove her contributions to the wrestling world. Yeah. It is not. And I don't want to make this about Benoit. No, uh, even though was, he's in the match. Was, was, I honestly had completely forgotten uh, that this would be a thing that we could possibly run into in this era until the music hit, and I'm like, "What other horsemen? Pillman? No, Pillman's doing the thing." And, and then they came out. And it's like you see Benoit first, and then you saw Nancy. You're like, ah, oh, shit. You know? And, of course, Kevin Sullivan's ringside. Yep. Which just makes this whole thing fucking weird, even more so than it needs to be. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and make the one comment that I wrote down about it. And it's not, you can tell me if it's tasteless or if it's founded. The fact that you have to say that. I, I already I'm, tells I'm, us. I'm yeah, a little nervous enough. about where this is going. I would just say this. Unfortunately, one of the men in this match legitimately murdered another person in this match. And he's still not as legitimately dangerous as Meng. It's not the l- most tasteless thing you've ever said. <laughs> Not even on this show. Just, no, should, there's, but there's, it's, should it's I tasteless. Yeah. I'm not going to, but should uh, I? Yeah, you should. I should. I mean, okay. He did have a whole thing about Nazis a few episodes ago. It was Phil Collins' Nazi in Beverly Hills Cop. I didn't make the Nazis. I didn't do anything. To, the uh, Nazis did the Nazi thing. We asked, they our, did the, we asked the listeners to give us some better jokes, and they didn't. No, so it didn't. That's what we got. I mean, to be fair, we didn't record for like 10 years. <laughs> they're like, fuck you guys. I, mean, I don't think they're coming back. Yeah. <laughs> Realistically, yeah. Jones, the last time we recorded, we were still in our 30s. That's weird as shit to say. That's true. a whole true. decade ago. Um, but yeah, I, for me, it was hard to watch this match, just with everything that happened not long yeah. after this. I, I, I thought not about long it. enough. And, and it's like, it's like, yeah, you want to give credit where credit is due for in-ring ability and talent but at the same time you're like dude fucking murdered his family well, yeah so so, is, so is, that's you don't really get a who pass gives for a that. shit how good a painter you Hitler do was. not get a pass for that I am. well that was kind of so the, it was just uncomfortable yeah same i was I able to watch many been one matches i don't know about you guys since this whole thing has no. happened no no i i was able to kind of disconnect a from b 
But there was one thing I thought about when he jumped from the top rope and kind of did his headbutt. I was like, well, you know, maybe we should have did less of those. That was the other power bomb that yeah. I mentioned earlier. Yeah. When it, it's there were some seriously sick double team spots of Mangan Barbarian. Yeah, did. there were. Like, where the fuck were these guys when they were on their first run doing that back body drop into a power bomb shit? That was awesome. That being said, the back of Benoit's head probably didn't think that that was a great no. spot. And to do. and and that was one of those things where I as. The only time I really thought about what had happened was watching that and go, you know, probably should have did a little bit more to take care of the head here. Because that's, you know, it was the head injuries and everything that led to what happened, you yeah. know. So I'm of the thought, and much like yourself, Mac, I, <clears throat> Chris Benoit, you know, prior to everything, uh, was in my, you know, he's easily in my top ten, probably my top five. He was five. a great wrestler. It's hard yes. to argue that. Yeah, I yeah. think you know, and and so many of my favorite matches I'd ever seen, he was a part of. Um, so you know, I've been for years attempting to disconnect him from his actions, and I think to a point for the benefit of the show to, to talk about what he's accomplished and the matches that he's participated. He's he's participated in a lot of really big matches. He contributed a lot to this. He did. Um, yeah. I don't. I try not to think about what he did in his final hours of life, final days of life. More he, the things that he's done to bring me some joy pre, prior to that. But fuck that motherfucker. Well, absolutely. And but I can still at least say that he is a goddamn master in the ring. And the, he every match he was, was in was good. Well, yeah, you can't argue great. that. Let me let me ask you guys a real question here. Um, knowing what we know in today's day and age about repeated head trauma. Yeah. And knowing what probably ultimately did happen to his brain that caused the things that happened. Does it change a little bit for you guys at all knowing that it, it that he was brain damaged that caused this type of stuff to happen? No. Not justifying in any way, shape, or form. Believe me, I'm not. But I'm just saying... When people have that repeated head trauma, they have CTE, and there's no way that he didn't have CTE, that that it makes it more tragic what happened to him that caused the things that happened. Without, oh, it's sad. Without exonerating what he did. Well, of course, no, it's, it's sad that it happened to yeah. him, that he made... But here's the deal. Uh, it's sad that such a star, such an important person in wrestling has such an awful end uh but what is infinitely more sad is what happened to his child yeah yeah and that is that's what what gets me as as a parent like because obviously you want to try to disconnect the two if you can but like as a parent like fuck that guy yeah oh no without a shadow of a doubt you know Without a shadow, that without. kid had no choice. No, um, no, nor, nor and, did she. No, and I, I didn't want this to. It, it, was, it was either we don't talk about the match at all, or or get into an entry level conversation on Benoit. But long story short, to answer your question, um, it makes me understand a little bit better where we where we're coming from with that. But an act is an act, and you can start justifying all kinds of stuff if you justify yes. that i don't subscribe to the court let me just get this out of my tasteless jokes aside i don't subscribe to the court of thinking that um you can't separate the two you can't in my opinion because a person and we often have had conversations and we continue to have conversations on this podcast how do you separate the person from their art how do you separate the fact that someone could be a fantastic actor but a complete right wing nut job or you know conversely Sean Penn left wing nut job right despite how good they are it's hard to separate those sometimes and I think you take it on a case by case basis no matter how you take a case by case basis 
uh, murder is a pretty hard past the line thing. And yeah. though I can respect that he, the contributions he made to chaining suplexes together, being a small guy who got over in a big man promotion, that's all stuff. His legacy is the, the terrible things that he did in the last days of his life and the people that have to suffer then and now for it. So, no, he doesn't. That being said, to completely change the subject but keep it on the match, I knew this would happen possibly. So I just want to write down some amazing uh, commentary that was featured on this episode, on this match. He exploded on him right there. Then he says, not many. <laughs> then he, he then, then Tony responds to Dusty saying, he exploded on him right there. Then, then Tony says, not many people can take a big man like that. And then Dusty says, he unloaded on me. <laughs> like, Way to lighten the mood. Uh. Like, that's what he did. <laughs> Dusty's not even in the match. He's like, he unloaded on me. It's like, did he, Dusty? Maybe he did. Maybe like, he was talking about the Mongo same thing. Like I don't know. I'm no. not sure. Uh. No, there was, there was something about the, the, the faces of fear that, you know, as I'm, as I'm watching them, I think a lot about the Usos. Yeah. Right? Obviously, there's, there's the, the, the Samoan connection with that. But those guys were so fucking strong. Like oh, they were, they they were, were so huge powerful. Oh, yes. intimidating. They were powerful dudes. And I'm thinking, you know, um, you put those guys today. I mean, they don't let the belt. They don't let the belts go. Let me just tell you, you put men, even this time, which is past his prime, you put men from '96 in the wrestling in 2022, and you give them a mouthpiece. And he's more Umaga than Umaga could have ever been. He's oh an un- unstoppable beast. Because he's so much bigger than like even Roman Reigns is now. Mm-hmm. So it's incredible. Um, I thought the match, I thought the upside uh, was that the Barbarian pulled shit out in this match. I haven't watched that guy for years. I mean, uh, in the, he, he is a mainstay of 80s, 90s WWF. And he did not absolutely um, do anything... That he did was not less. That was less than impressive. That top rope belly to belly suplex was yeah. fucking incredible. Yeah, it was absolutely. But I think this match was surprisingly good. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and give this a two. I swear to God, I'm done talking about Benoit's <laughs> out of five. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, hopefully we don't have to do that again. On uh, I show. feel like it's gonna pop. It's up uncomfortable. Well, I mean, the reality is he's in a lot of big matches. Eventually, yeah. we're gonna talk about WrestleMania 20. So we're gonna move along. I do miss the big boss man though. Even the fact that in the post match, yeah, all hell like, broke loose at the yeah, end of this match, yeah. and you get the faces of fear in a dungeon, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, Jared and Flair can't come out because they're at the hospital with Darnay." Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my note is, who are the guys who jumped out of the stands? <laughs> is that the guy from I, Crazy Town? Is that Crazy, I, I, is that, is I, I crazy Town? Crazy really, Town, a homeless guy I, and a big boss man. I really wanted to ask you because <laughs> I could not Christ. fucking so figure I'm it out. Think, I've never, I don't remember what the guy from Crazy Town looked like. Do you, does he look like Conan? No, I mean, he you're looks going, like Kenny. But like, afterwards, you're going to with spiky hair. He looks like Jamie Kennedy so in 1999. Where did you even get that from? I just, it just fucking popped in my head. He just okay. looked like he had fucking like weird tattoos on okay. his body. I feel like okay. he was going to say bad, like late. 90s alt rock songs. Just hanging out with Kevin Sullivan. I'm going to go ahead and jump on you. I think you and your brain think Crazy Town, but I think who you're thinking of is Everlast. No. No, because that's kind of like, because Coda could kind of pass as the singer for Everlast a little bit. But then again, none of us really know what it's like. Whatever. Well, <laughs> I mean, well okay. Son of a I, Okay, I'll go. I mean, you I can, can kind of see it. A very if he, if young. He was bald. Yeah, that's and what had I thought. face like, piercings. Just, like, I guess I'm amazed that you knew what that dude looked like. I don't know why it connected he, he my brain that way. Immediately went there. Yeah, like, that's no, amazing. That's immediately where my mind went. I don't know where the fuck. L- it did. Listeners, it just, it's, uh, Jeff went. just showed a picture of the lead singer to, to Crazy Town. Yeah, and Should you know what? Show. Crazy Town, little Conan-ish, Conan light. 
Conan. Diet Conan. Diet Conan. Caffeine free Conan. Listen, my yeah. takeaway from this, I got some homework. I'm going to go look up some Conan matches and fucking educate yeah. myself. So yeah. I apologize. He's incredible. Yeah. Right? I'm a little green here. I Wait, said but, I don't I mean, you watched any... WCW. He was a big part of the NWO. He was. He was a big part I of the Wolfpack. And the Wolfpack. I don't fucking remember. Oh, la la. Trust me. All right, I'm going to kill that. I like how that's how my potatoes. It's been 25 White checkers. There you go. It's been on the top. It's been 25 yeah. fucking and years, he, man, since I watched that shit. Yeah, he eventually just goes, uh, fuck this Faces of Fear thing, and then just gets over. And and yeah. to a... Sorry, because this is really important. Like, if I said that, like, one of the biggest stars in Mexico... No, seriously. I'm not joking. No, he I, was yeah. the... No, he was he's the Hulk Hogan of Mexico. Right. Huge. Wait, you say like you knew this. No, no he was I'm legitimately I'm, I'm the Hulk Hogan of Mexico. Saying, he I was just, a movie star, a TV I, I star. I have watched none of his movies. I well, none, none of us have. No, no, no. He put out four albums under the name Shifty Shell Shock from Crazy Yeah. That's how good he was. Yes. He's a chameleon. Most famous for contributing the song that played through the movie Orange County about 15,000 times. Oh my yeah, God, yeah. I forgot about that. No, um, There's no, a good reason why you forgot about that. Uh, the best thing to describe to you is Rey Mysterio, right? Yeah. And Rey Mysterio is a huge... Rey Mysterio Pale is a small star compared to Conan in Mexico. Yeah. Except so his like, son's not a cuck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it took a while for someone to drop that word on an episode. There it is. It's been a while. I yeah. want to point out the different environments between recording at my house and recording at Vandegrift's house is that I have to be careful when I say the word cuck because my family on the other side of the house may feel <laughs> the vibrations and then I'll be in trouble for three days. Jess' family just walked through the room. They're, he, they're probably giggling. He over made there. eye contact oh, yeah, with yeah. his wife and said the word. So I don't, it's just, it's, it's just a magical environment and I appreciate being mm-hmm. here. Speaking of magical environments, gentlemen, we're at our second, our penultimate main event here. Our penultimate match, the co-main event for the WCW Tag Team Championships. The Outsiders versus Harlem Heat. And I just got to say, before we get started, that I fucking miss the Outsiders, dude. Like, that vibe. Like, how... Unden- like it's, it's, it, You can never describe to anybody that doesn't see it with her own eyes just how undescribably cool Hall and Nash came out yeah. and came yeah. off. As soon yeah. as Scott Hall well, hit your screen, like, that's a cool guy. Well, so, so like, as you mentioned that, right? So, they're talking about them coming out, like, of the of their entrance, and you can't see them. Because everybody's standing up and everything. Swarming them. They're swarming them. And then, eventually, you just see Hall's face. Rest in peace, by the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that, too, watching this. Like, it's a, it's a fucking shame. Mm-hmm. Um, but like watching them come out, the crowd is fucking just over for. They're these the guys. most over people on the show. Oh no! Without doubt. a shadow of a doubt, they're the most over people on this whole show. Like Virgil is basically a bodyguard for them to get them down to the ring. He doesn't even he, get to the ring. No, he doesn't even get to the ring with them. No, no, he just leads himself like right there. But he's like he's part of the security escort. That's all Virgil really did in this pay per view. Yeah, but. Like, the crowd is fucking just nuts for these guys, man. And and at this stage, too, and I kind of said to you guys, too, it's like, when I saw Nash walk out, I was like, I'd fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I would. I absolutely would. Yeah. Like, I looked at it, and I'm like, I can see why he's in Magic Mike. I can see why he's Super Shredder. I can see why he was the security guard that John Shredder. Wick. Well, he was in Magic go. Mike? Yeah. 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 Uh, never saw it. He's, he's, he's in both the movies. He's the security guard that John Wick lets go. He's yeah. like, take the night off. Because he's that fucking big sexy. Yeah. I get it. Longest yard. He's the he's the the guard that takes the uh, the estrogen. female yeah the estrogen yeah. stuff. The estrogen yeah. and starts crying because he's do what he do. Yeah. But yeah. No Nash. And here's the thing. Nash looks like legitimate. Like we talked again before we talked before we went on the air. 
um, that whatever we, when we covered In Your House 2, whatever he was missing, and he was the WWF fucking champion on that show. Yeah. He was still missing evil. something. He had found it here in 96. But no matter how badass he looks and how legitimate he is, Scott Hall's the star. Yeah. Of those two. Oh, it, it just yeah. like Yeah, and during the match, I think it was Dusty Rhodes who mentions it, like how hot the crowd is for those two guys. They love him, baby. They love him. It's it's amazing because like even now and we know we, we've watched the whole thing. We've watched the outsiders, we've watched the careers of Hall and Nash we've watched and everything. The whole thing we've went. watched all that. We know we know beginning to end, right? You watch them walk out, and I don't know about you guys, but I had a feeling just like this was 1996, all over again, watching those guys come out. Like, the same kind of excitement. Like, anything can happen. Just anything could happen. It's probably going to, you know, knowing how the match ends, it was it was exciting. It was still exciting, was. you know, 25, almost 30 years later, seeing those guys come out for that match. It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that's a testament, A, to Hall and Nash um, for being the athletes that they are and being able to sell it the way that they sell it but also to fucking bischoff for having the foresight to be like i think this nwo thing is a good idea yeah i'm giving you a bunch of ted turner's money yeah, yeah. Let, let's let real quick i mean let, let's let's pat all these guys on the back but like let the real one of the biggest reasons is the machine that's the wwf that got them to a point oh, where yeah. they oh, could be marketable they bankable stars yes. because and that's why who were they though, before vince yeah Vinny and that's Vegas, why even though they they were on WCW payroll. They're like, we're not saying we are. We're saying we came from WWF because that's that was the draw. I mean, Nash said it on the Smoking Skull Sessions. This company thinks that two guys in the WWF can beat the entire company up. That just shows you the level of star power that Vince is able to make. Yeah. And it was absolutely true. Yeah, that no being doubt. said, Scott Hall, in this moment, coming out to the ring at Halloween Havoc 96, is a bigger star than Razor Ramon ever was. In that moment, because he just yeah. the, the whole show, I would say Scott Hall himself specifically is the most over person on this entire show. That's an entire thing Ooh, to say. Boy, drips mm. with charisma. Can can we have this conversation? Because I've been wanting to have this conversation since we started this the show. Yeah. All right. I have I have a rant, and I just wrote NWO rant, and I I'm just gonna expand on it now. Get it. I have a real problem with this, and I'm curious what you guys think of this because I've had a problem with this since I was a kid. Because uh, I was, you know, like the baby faces. I was not a big fan of heels because obviously I'm supposed to dislike the heels. Mm-hmm. Um, I That's just how I was. I re- My issue with the NWO has always been that they're not supposed to be cool. They undercut every fucking baby, every baby face, every single last one of them to the point where none of them were a real legitimate threat except for Sting. And maybe Lex Luger. Oh, no, Luger. it was terrible. It was, it was absolutely destructive and horrible booking. It was like, I get the idea. Like, okay, we, these guys got to be big time. They got to get all the gold because, you know, we want... The whole point of professional wrestling is that you want to pay money to watch the good guy uh, kick the butt of the bad guy. The bad guy, the heel, has to get his ass whipped. That's the mm-hmm. whole point. That's why you're here. That's storytelling. That's 101. But the NWO, for better or worse, broke that because they were cool. They because they had catchphrases. You're, you're like, I feel like an asshole because I'm rooting for these guys. Like, but they're not supposed to have catchphrases. They're no. not supposed to do, not supposed to pull the audience. Survey and, says, no, 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 no. You're supposed to trash talk the audience. No. Get heat on you because now Chris Jericho looks like a yeah. schmuck because he's going to try to fight the guy who's, well, who's now getting cheered bigger than he is. Well, And to that point, I think that's why 
people who like the NWO love the Outsiders, but hated Hogan. I was gonna say the yeah. only saving grace was Hollywood. Yeah, because he was just so hateable, he and he got ruined it, it for everyone. He got it. That's my yeah. point. Is yeah. that you know? I mean, he's clearly the seasoned veteran out of that group, and he he knows he completely gets it. Um, I think another part of it is too that those guys their 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 ceiling was so high at that point. Regardless of what baby face you wanted to throw at them, nobody was on that level. They just they just weren't. The, I don't the, know the, about the, that. The man. ship. I think the ship sailed so high, so fast for them that it took a while to get a face, a baby face that could really compete with their popularity. I think the talent level was there, but I don't think the star power was there. And you know, just going back to this match in particular, like, yeah, we're. You know, giving all the accolades and the flowers to the NWO, but Harlem Heat is fucking red. Kind hot, of a man. big I mean, deal like, in WCW, like, and we they, talked about this in in past shows. Like, I fucking love Harlem Heat. I did too. Oh, like, dude, Booker so T is like greatly underrated, criminally underrated for yeah. you know what they brought to WCW, what Booker T's done with his career. Stevie Ray too. I mean, it's it it's it was a fucking tag team. It wasn't I, just Booker T. I, I wanted to make sure that somebody said something about Stevie Ray because we can we very lightly he gets it, overshadowed. It's so a lot. Easy. Oh, he's very quickly. Yeah. It's yeah. so easy to just go down the Booker T. But I mean, you can even see in this pay per view that I think Stevie Ray was the driving force of this entire match. Well, Stevie Ray had more experience. He's, yeah, he's yes. the muscle. And Booker Considering they're yes. both big dudes, yeah, he was the muscle. Huge dudes. Yeah. Too, and to man. the fact that you had that big classic standoff of him and Nash with the power <clears throat> beginning in the match, yeah, yeah for sure. I, we cannot go, I mean, yes, to, to basically cap off on your rant here and to give my, my pillar, I think, yeah, that's not how it was supposed to be. And I think it ultimately led to the demise where basically, with the exception of Sting, every WCW babyface was made to look like shit. It did still make them a shit ton of money, which is the ultimate goal of wrestling. But what it did is it castrated the entire WCW roster. Yes, that's such yeah. a big. That's such yeah, a and problem. It, it got to a yeah. point where it's like, well, the NWO is such a fucking engine now. Like, how do how do I get in? Right? Like the whole roster is like, how do I get in? So and then there's then there's black NWO, and white NWO, 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 and then yeah, there's that, red and black w, NWO. Exactly. And it's like it just sort of it blew up to the point where like it lost. The magic that would, we had in this time span of July of '96 through like early '97. I would love. You're right. I would love to have an entire episode to discuss this because there is so much that happened. I think we probably Mac. Will. You absolutely said. Well, there were no, there were no like viable uh, superstars faces that were had the star power or whatever. And I, I agree in this because they didn't put the resources behind them. Right. Well, they put the resources no, behind the NWO. They, yeah, so. they saw where the. Where the crowd they put behind the baby faces. It happens so fast. Well, and see, you mentioned Stang, and I always think about that time of Diamond Dallas Page because this really started the, the NWO thing. You know, DDP was one of the few guys who kind of really got, got over, over yeah. as as a as a baby face without having because there was always and from I remember from that time too there was always a lot of stuff between him and the NWO and is he going to join or isn't I remember some people made shirts of NWO with like powder blue on it to like oh well DDP is going to join but it mm-hmm. never happened like there was a lot of that is he isn't he kind of a thing but he always every top stayed talent out. on the rasp on the roster there was a point where they're like is he or isn't he yeah you know and they're like I have a shirt I'm either going to wear it, or I'm going to rip it, or I'm going to throw it off, like whatever the case may be. Yeah. And DDP was definitely one of those, along with Sting and 
countless others and along yeah. the way. It's interesting because everyone eventually did go to the NWO with the Wolfpack except DDP. Yeah. Um, we should have a long-form mm-hmm. story I would conversation like to. on NWO sometime. Long story short, uh, it's inevitable because of where they are in their careers. Booker T, who I, I want to lift up Stevie Ray, who's an unsung hero, but the fact of the matter that here in this match in 1996 is the final WCW champion. And one of the most accomplished wrestlers of color of all time is Booker T. Is in this match, and he's the young guy. He's the he's the young guy in this match, and he's nothing but years and years to go. Um, I think it's Hall it's of Famer match. Booker T. Mm-hmm. Yes, respect. Five time, five time, five time, five time, five time WCW champion. Yes, uh, but anyway, the finish sees Colonel Parker uh, do the chicken shit thing, give the cane to Nash, the NWO Tag Team Champions, and I give this. This is not out of five. It's out of four. It's two sweets out of four. Can can we talk real quick about Hall spitting on Stevie Ray? Yeah, yeah. I just I just listened to an interview. About, uh, Stevie Ray was thing. talking about that, and like Hall said, like later on, like do I I thought you were gonna kick my ass after that because he didn't tell him he was gonna do it. And Stevie Ray was like, Nah, man. You know, I was hot for a minute, but he, he sold it like, Oh, yeah. How dare you spit on me? But like. He was like Scott Hall. He's like you know he's my buddy. Because he, he came to was like, I, I thought you were gonna kick my ass after that. And he and he's like, because he could have. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> there there is a so uh, a, a good friend of ours here, uh, a you know maybe one day esteemed listener of the show, our good friend Mike Viola, had said to me one day, "There's nothing more ignorant that a human can do to another human than spitting on them." There's nothing more ignorant. And I've know. always kind of... Mike, Vi- Mike Viola would say fuck a lot more if he said that. I don't he, know if that's verbatim. I mean, I'm, I'm a paraphrasing. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I, I, I truly believe that. Because, like, if you've ever been spit on, I've been spit on before. Like, you want to fucking end that person. You do. You just want to go ahead and just end their world. Because, like, nothing... And I give, I give Stevie Ray credit for being like, I'm not going to just fully destroy you. He's lucky that. he spat on his chest, not his oh, face. Oh, he's yeah, so lucky he uh, did that. It's part of the story. Because, again, going back to the Montreal screw job, right? When Brett fucking hawks that loogie all over Vince's face, right? That's earned. It's hilarious. It's actually. the it whitest, is. wettest loogie in oh, He God. dug deep for he, some he, That shit was he thick. He pulled that shit out of Alberta. I don't know Alberta, where it came from, but it right? was there. That pulled right out of Alberta from the deepest parts of that fucking <laughs> province. Right it passed from Alberta through Saskatchewan. But, <laughs> made it through customs but, and everything but, to Montreal. Like, as soon as I saw... I actually had to stop and rewind. It's like, he did not. Oh, he did. Oh, and I'm like, did. how did he not? It's like, they either had to have like known that was going to happen. Nope, he had no idea. Or he fucking loves that person to the point that he wasn't going to end his family. That's it. Because that's how I would have taken that. Like, the, the rage that would have came over me if I would have got spit on in the middle of that match. Because Harlem, he carries that fucking match. Oh, they do. And I do. so hard and they carry I, that I, match. I don't want to stay on it too much longer, but yeah. I just want to say that, that you, you draw a line, and I think this is why people have, because Scott Hall, we when we think of Scott Hall in our generation, we think of Scott Hall from this era and Razor Ramon and onward, and we think about Scott Hall became huge star of all his problems, but a lot of the people that wrestled at this time had worked for years with Big Scott Hall and the Diamond mm-hmm. Stud and the guy just struggling and it was a good buddy and so all these people most of the people in the show this is not Scott Hall's first chance at WCW nope this is go around and everyone had, he was very popular he's very popular with almost everybody except uh, when he used to introduce himself to new talent he's like hi I'm Scott Hall tuck your chin on my finish yep. it's like, it's, that's the most fucking <laughs> hardcore thing I've ever heard <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's how you introduce yourself it's so badass but yeah two sweets out of five is the rating for this match but now we're on to the yeah, main it, event. It was, 
I just want to finish on it was Please. a great match, but it was also important because it was the completion of the takeover. It was in terms of passing the belt. They had all the belts yep. now. Yeah. That's a good point. That was important. All about the cruiserweight belt, which didn't matter, yeah. and six was gonna get it in two months anyway. So there we are. But now it's time for the main event. It's Hulk Hogan with a wig. Against the a macho, hair piece. A hair piece. Three, so, <laughs> three ninjas hair piece. Three ninjas. So, uh, high noon, right? That's what it is. Yeah. Have you guys, late at night, you know, infomercials are on and everything, and you get one of those Bosley commercials, yeah. and they're like, look, you can grow your hair back too. And you look at their haircuts, and you're like, that's hair, but it's not really hair. Like, there's something weird going on with that. It's like, hey, look, I've got a full head. You don't have a full head of hair. No. Like, you kind of have something going on there. It doesn't look real. It, it looks like you've glued some shit on. That's what Hogan's hairpiece looked like. And when I saw that, there was a part of me that just said, what in the actual fuck is going... Where is the do-rag, first off? Why is this happening? And I'm watching the promo, and it took me a solid 10 minutes to realize that at this stage of the pay-per-view, ladies and gentlemen, if you watch this on the WWE Network, there's an hour left of the pay-per-view. And Jeff, tell me, uh, tell the uh, audience here, what is the length of time of the actual match? 18 minutes and 37 seconds. I could not fucking do the math. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I'm like, I was like, I know this match is about 19 minutes. There's still an hour left of this pay-per-view. What in the fuck is about to happen? Oh, he talked about realized. Hollywood for 10 minutes, including I, his hair. He did. What was the fucking movie he was? He just came Three back from shooting. Yeah, and Santa with muscles. Yeah, Santa with muscles. Yeah, Santa with muscles. Yeah, um, it took twenty minutes for him and Macho to both finally get into the ring. Yeah, well, like, they well, stalled. Yeah, I was like, well, that's part of it. And then, of course, we'll talk about what happened with the final about 10, 15 minutes of the yeah, paper. Yeah, seemed like longer than it was, but yeah. yeah, yeah. No, how interesting is it that we are here in nineteen ninety six? And the main event of a pay-per-view is Hogan versus Savage, right? I feel, I feel like we've covered Hogan versus we, Savage. No, we before. never did, but we talked about the Mega Powers exploding. Oh, but we will one day talk yeah, about will. the greatest of all time. We did. WrestleMania 5, baby. So much of wrestling is based in the ring and out of ring on Hogan versus Savage in this time period that it's 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 iconic. It's an iconic match. Um, but to simply say put that I thought... My eyes got used to Hogan having the wig on to the point where when he removes the wig and it's the Hogan hair, you're like... Head. Uh, the head. Yeah. yeah. Just, the chrome dome. <laughs> I was like, ah! I don't know. It's, Can, it's, it's see, like, it's like I'm, your I'm the other way. I got used to Savage wearing Hogan's wig. Oh, what <laughs> that was so weird. Listen, and his sunglasses. Him taking off the hair piece, I think, is one of my top five favorite moments in the history of wrestling. Because... Again, not having seen this in a long time, I was really confused. I'm sure you were. <laughs> seeing, yeah. seeing the Hollywood headband and seeing where the hairline was and seeing the thing, and I'm like, yeah, he had like the sting. It's like haircut. I know in the '80s he didn't have fucking hair. So where is where did this come from? The technology hasn't been around yet for your hair to grow back. I again, I could not do the math. <laughs> so when he pulled it off, I'm going to sit there and tell you that my anxiety went from a ten to a two <laughs> because I felt so much better about myself knowing that that chrome dome was backed exactly where I fucking left. Oh uh, yeah, just right and where it was just supposed right to be. where it was supposed to be. And to your point, I love how when he he forcefully removes that hair piece, then Hogan turns up the volume. 
Then he gets yeah. aggressive because yeah. now he's yeah. pissed. He's like, no, man. No, How no. dare yeah. you? And that's that's the thing too. Now, there, and I don't want to be uh, again separating the man from the art. I I feel weary these days about being Hulk. Uh, complimentary Hulk Hogan, but call a spade a spade, right? Uh, Hogan was an incredible heel in this era. Yep, yep. He is the best heel on this entire show by a freaking long shot. And he does it so well, but they also always do such a good idea to tell you this is still Hulk Hogan. And there's a reason why he beat everybody, because when he turns it on, he can be unbeatable. Uh, and so they tell the story also with Randy Savage, who is an underrated babyface forever. Like, Savage's jabs on Hogan in the corner are just like so crisp and so perfect. But they, they, they do take forever to get to that. The match doesn't even get going with any of the silly heel shit until Savage puts the wig on. And then the match actually gets started with the heat. Uh, and then we get the first of many delightful surprises and then also unfortunate surprises. We get Liz. Yeah, we got Savage, Hogan, Liz, DiBiase, it feels a mighty like 1989. Uh, it's 1988. Uh, 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 not Andre. It's so strange. Virgil's getting meat sauce in the uh, <laughs> concession stand. Yeah, you know, Jones, I'm happy you said it because it's definitely something I thought about. I was like, man, you know, you start the batch, you start this pay-per-view with Rey Mysterio and Dean Malenko. And then you send it back about 15 years to Hogan against Macho Man. Which basically, if you took this match, and I think you picked it up and moved it back in time 10 years, it's still the exact same match, right? It was a very interesting, I thought, in terms of, like, how old school it was. Because, you know, at that point in time, with regardless of how good of a heel that Hogan was and everything, there was a lot of just common of what these guys would do to each other in those matches anyway. I want to uh, just point something out time-wise that's going to make you think, because... We're all guilty of this in the generation. Uh, from 96 and where we are, the Hogan and Savage wasn't 15 years before. It was eight years before. And then we put it in perspective. Uh, eight years ago, we had Daniel Bryan in the height of the Yes movement going against Chris Jericho, who had a list. That was also a match just two weeks ago on AEW. <laughs> so eight years, eight, eight years ain't that big of an amount of a time yeah, yeah. here in that whole yeah, idea. It still feels pretty fresh. When you look you know at it I mean? in that lens. It's wild. Did you guys catch how many uh, Slim Jims were thrown at Macho Man when he was outside the ring on the mat? Not enough. They were throwing they were throwing Slim Jims at Macho Man like fucking Popeye gets spinach. Oh, those were like the the Slim Jim Street Crew. Yeah, that were actually <laughs> it had to have been. Right? That was like that was part of the contract. I'm oh pretty my sure. God, he has to snap into it. I love you know, it. one thing. So, I, like I think the highlight for me of this match was uh, actually not what was going on in the match, but on the commentary table because. You know, Bobby the Brain Heenan is like the quintessential like heel commentator. Yeah. And in every match up until this point and in every other fucking WCW show, like he's just an asshole the whole time. And in this match, he's like, you know what? I know I'm an asshole, but I hear what the guys next to me are saying. And fuck Hogan. <laughs> like he, he completely turned. On Hogan and the NWO, and completely sided with Dusty. That's and it's like it's it's so weird. It's such a it's, weird, but thing. it's consistent for but Heenan. It fucking works because yeah. all his life he's been a heel commentator who's been real easy to hate on Hulk Hogan. Yep. And when Hogan turned heel, he's like, I'm not gonna start liking Hogan. Yeah. Hogan sucks, and he's like, I knew it. I've been telling yeah, you all along. That was yeah. the yeah. best. He that was to it. The most long form, slow burn storyline oh, yeah. of all time. Yeah. It paid off. I remember being off. a little kid. Yeah. Him going, I told you. 
you you couldn't trust him. I told you 10 years ago. I told you 15 years ago. And no one believed yeah. me. Yeah. But and it, the vindication yeah. of Bobby Heenan was, was what I was living like, for. That The whole show, he's like, NWO, this is great. Until Hogan went out. And he's like, fuck Hogan. Hey, listen, he hates Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. He's a hill of convictions, man. A yeah. hill of convictions. He is, he is. He's got but, standards. But, of course, it's NWO. It's main event. It's the shenanigans of a lifetime. It's always shenanigans. And the payoff with Nick Patrick coming in to do the honors there at the end of the episode, uh, at the end of the match. Uh, first of all, and I just want to say this. We'll say it every time, but nobody in the history of the world drops an elbow drop like Randy Savage. Nope. No Very one ever has facts. and ever will. It's a thing of beauty to absolutely behold. But it's not enough to get the job done. And the and what we get two, we did get we two. Two elbow drops. Still not enough to get the job done because the giant choke slams him on the floor. The safest, softest choke slam I've ever seen. <laughs> he went to choke slam him, and then he's like, "This isn't a great spot. I'm going to push you into the wall. Yeah, and then I'm going to go around the stairs, and then I'm going to choke slam you over here instead." Like, like where, where it's the squishiest part I, yeah, of the, the softest spot. It's like yeah, I yeah, was, yeah. he was going to murder. He him. knew what he was doing. It's like I would choke slam my nephew in a swimming pool. <laughs> like that's how it was. Yeah, it's like you know, man. we're gonna do yeah, it, but extra, I'm not gonna like yeah, make. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna pull sure up as you go down. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. go ahead and just make you know. Again, Paul White just so green still at this yeah. point. Well, he didn't want to kill him. No, no, and he's like these guys are all helping him over. He's been imagine being the first year on any job and you're working with the biggest stars ever be in your industry. It's crazy. Plus, he but, has a small dick. Yeah. We covered that earlier. Normal According to him. size, but looks small. Normal size, but on a seven-footer. It's not uh, It's not uh, panning out. It's not packing the heat. Nope. No. Uh, but anyway, Not the Harlem heat. <laughs> not the Harlem heat. Mm-mm. Yes, yes. No. Boy, I thought it was ice cold. Ice. I don't even know. What if I thought it was ice, 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 ice. Cold, 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 cold. I always thought it was yes ice, and no. Ice, ice, I thought ice, it was ice cold, too. Cold, I mean, I, I, when I, I was a kid, I, was I thought it was yes, yes, no, no. And then one day... I hit puberty and I realized it was ice cold. The Zodiac was a thing just one year ago for us in in Halloween Havoc. Dear sweet sweet succulent listeners, uh, Herb just put his hand on Noah's shoulder to to let him know. I made eye contact too. Yeah, to let him know that puberty has finally arrived. (laughs) That's right. Congratulations. Thank you. Good job, guys. So Hogan retains the WCW championship. He keeps the train rolling on NWO. Savage goes away to eventually come back. The best is he didn't even realize he won. Yeah. That that was like the highlight for me. Pure heel form. Hogan played such a great heel. He was laying all cocky on the ropes when the giant was out there. Oh, so not taking it. Do it. Do like a page from like Shawn Michaels textbook, and then he just and then when he just baby face hiding away from everyone and just chicken shit healing. It's incredible. It took twenty minutes for them to actually get into the ring because this is also when Macho Man just takes seven minutes. He just starts wandering, like off into the fucking background, and then a monster truck comes out. Well, it took 10 minutes for the monster truck to come out. It did. He, yeah. They're like, why is he just hanging out back there? I thought the cocaine took <laughs> he's, over. He's he waiting for the monster off. truck. I thought he just saw a different match. No, the cocaine mule he shared the cocaine with the monster truck driver, so it was a little slow to get there. And then, as soon as they finally get there, there's another 10 minutes before the match starts. Because also, there was, Hogan, Hogan's there was just no like point a in that monster truck showing yeah, no. up at that point in the match. No, it's just <sighs> to keep the Halloween Havoc you know, tradition of monster trucks going. So, let's... Talk about what, in my opinion, was the greatest lunch table talk moment in this entire fucking show. Let me tell you something. Oh, dude. I, I recorded this pay-per-view. Does it have to do with bagpipes? On VHS. Of course it does. Mm. And I watched this multiple times because it, it was such a 
who fucking saw this coming moment? Uh, you hear the drums, and you know, when you're a little kid, you're a little smart, Mark. You think you know what's going on, and I instantly knew something was up, obviously. And then you really hear the bagpipes, and you're like, is this happening? Is it? Like, no. Is it really? Because like, they're no. like fucking off in the ring, like, yeah, but whatever. I was at the just at the age where I had, like, I, 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 I think I had the WrestleMania 1 through 12 uh, VHS box set. Yeah, so box I was set. doing yeah. a lot of that research and I knew about the history of Hogan and Piper. So, like, I was n- knee deep in, like, that fandom. And when he showed up, I marked so hard. There still stands on the wall. <laughs> anyway, guys. It was a fantastic show, but also not at the same time, too. So quickly, lasting impression as we go around Halloween Havoc 1996. Matt. Um, Rowdy Roddy Piper shows up and talks WWE, WWF, on WCW. Like, I, I love that he didn't fucking, like, tap dance around the idea that we had a fucking match at WrestleMania 1. <laughs> and this shit's not over. And... You know, Hogan's like, you're right, it's not over, but it's kind of over, but it's not over, so I guess for the sake of us having a match, it's not going to be over, but you pee sta- sitting down. <laughs> you pee sitting down. <laughs> Jafar, final thoughts on WCW Halloween Havoc 96. Yeah, uh, it wasn't very Halloween-y compared to the Years other past. Halloween Havoc no. uh, available in the archives, but when you're NWO, you're NWO for life. I love it. Doc, oh, final shit. thoughts? Uh, my final thoughts, real simple. Uh, this pay-per-view, I think, was really great because it demonstrated the depth of the roster and how how many future heavyweight champions were in each match. That's a lot. It just spoke a lot to the the, the checkbook of Turner Broadcasting uh, and the wisdom of the, the booking crew. Hey, Jones, how deep? Real deep. Oh, man. Oh, man. Mm. Mm. At least three knuckles. At least three knuckles. Now, I think if you told me that there's a better WCW show, in retrospect, I don't know if I'll be able to believe you, but we're gonna try. And we're we gonna keep fail. Going, and we're gonna fail as we keep getting. WCW is well known for not starting out too hot. It's fine in the middle, and then not ending great at all. But as we keep trucking through these Halloween havocs, we're gonna keep going, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure. Oh, it's great to get nice. back on the saddle here, and we been will see good. you, sweet succulent sexual listener, sometime next we'll soon. Soon, call you. soonish. Maybe we were you good. All right, I'll hit you up sometime. If you deserve it. You fucking slut.